0: All right, okay, <clears throat> I was looking forward to that hook, Josh, you know, the. But. all right, for the future, for future, just so you know. All right, so we're going to take opportunities this month to talk about uh, something that, uh, that we all experience on a regular basis, just like many of the things that we've been discussing. Uh, we're going to talk about encouragement. Who doesn't need to be encouraged? I said, "Who doesn't need to be encouraged?" And Pastor Monty raised his hand like this. All right, so we're going to take opportunity to explore a couple different aspects of encouragement. There's a, well, you know, let's just start out in you know my favorite subject and yours, the Greek. So, the, uh, the word, here we go, ready for this one? Pericaleo. Pericaleo, that's what we're going with. Uh, Pericaleo appears 105 times in the New Testament. Pericaleo is uh, from para, which is from close or beside, and kaleo, which is to call. So put those together, to call, to come close or beside. Uh, To come alongside, as it were. It's translated as to implore, to call out to, to summon, to exhort. Uh, Exhort, of course, we understand all of these things as well, to be encouraged. So we're going to discuss a couple of things over the next couple of weeks here. Uh, We're going to discuss how the world defines and applies encouragement. We're going to discuss how we encourage ourselves, according to worldly standards, or what I've called self-soothe. We're going to look at how we can encourage ourselves by biblical standards. And finally, we'll round up the month talking about how we encourage each other according to biblical standards. So that means that today, we're going to be talking about the world a lot. Because we all live in the world. We all do things in the world. It's our home. So we spend a lot of time there. Uh, I've given you you the, the Greek... Pericalo. Did I pronounce it the same way that time? All right. Yeah, I got it. we're all going with this one. I, I may actually be on the road to recovery from my Greek deficiency. You never know. I'm doing good. All right. It's a, it is. I feel I feel good. So we must be on the right track. So I gave you the Greek, but what happens when we go to the definition in Webster? Because Webster is the dictionary, right? Uh, Webster helps us to define our lives. So Webster says, uh, encourage, uh, means to inspire with courage, with spirit, or with hope. To attempt to persuade. To spur on. To give help, or patronage to. Everyone, except for Pastor Monty, can recognize the need for encouragement. Everyone can recognize the need for encouragement. There's numerous papers that are written on the subject. Um, there, Of course, we have the, the beauty of the, the Internet, right? So we just say, you know, Almighty Google, where far out papers on said subject, and it pulls them up for us. There are numerous papers on uh, encouragement. Um, We are going to start at the the heart of it. We are going to start in the beginning. Uh, In the beginning, we were born. And then our parents had enough of us and sent us off to school. And as we were off at school, these teachers didn't know how to handle us, didn't know what to do with us, but they just knew that they were supposed to teach us somehow. So numerous papers have been written on the subject of how to properly encourage your students because we have to, we have to teach these young kids who they should be when they grow up. Help them to learn and to grow, as it were. Now, there are numerous papers. I did run across one by a Timothy Evans, uh, which starts out by saying uh, the students who need encouragement are most often the least likely to receive it. Uh, In this article he presents that attitudes, language, and strategies necessary for effective encouragement are a key to success for motivating low-achieving or discouraged students. And his conclusion is that this is often a missed opportunity in schools. And he states this by saying, Our very educational system is mistake-centered, stressing the negative value that hardly anyone is good enough, as he or she is. Education promotes the value under the assumption that growth and improvement occur from pointing out mistakes and creating dissatisfaction with oneself teachers have been trained to spend much of their day in various ways pointing out the mistakes of children, not realizing how fundamentally discouraging it can be. And as a result, children learn that mistakes determine their value. They learn that by doing nothing, they can succeed in not making a mistake and avoiding the evaluation, avoiding the criticism. I knew I wasn't going to make it very long. Avoiding the ridicule. Entire groups of students procrastinate and do nothing simply to avoid the humiliation that comes with making a mistake. I'm sorry, that is so sad. It's ridiculous. Because it's unfortunately so true. From my own experience, I can tell you this is exactly how I was treated in school. I was told I made my O's backwards as a defining factor. Seriously. What's up with that? That's the type of thing that is going to hold me back a year? We live in a world that raises up kids to achieve a standard. And if they fail to achieve that standard, they are less than. They are shipped off to a different school so it doesn't affect the school scores so that they can get more money. Education has become less about raising up children, giving them the knowledge they need to succeed in life, and more about getting funding so that you can be successful in that way. The key here in that whole concluding paragraph is that this is how the children determine their value. What does that say? When we have an entire uh, industry that is supposed to be taking care of part of our educational duties, and all it teaches them is that they are valued less because they make mistakes and they can't meet standards. So obviously, when you start off in that vein, when you start off with the understanding that your value is found in overcoming inadequacies, that your value is found in your own works to be better, your own works to be of more value to somebody else to meet their standards, it becomes the focus of your life as you grow up. The world teaches us that we don't have any value unless we can contribute to society in one way, shape, or another. The most common way that we show our value is by going to work. Right? The good old nine-to-five. We work hard if we, if we put ourselves through more misery after, uh, after high school and we go to college and we work hard there and get put down more. We'll get a little piece of paper that tells us that we're even better than we thought that we were. And then we'll get these better jobs because that's what success is. We'll be more valuable. We'll contribute to society and doggone it, we just might make a mark. Someday, someday, I'm going to make a name for myself. Because our value is based on our own actions, because it's based on what we can do or can't do, it's a very depressing place to live. It's wrought with failure. Every single time we make a misstep, it brings us down. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't make us happy. It is no surprise that one of the highest causes of death is suicide brought around by depression. Because life is hard. And I just keep making mistakes. It would just be easier if I took myself out of the equation. There is definitely a need for encouragement. There is a need for the proper type of encouragement. But the world really doesn't offer much in that. While it is true that there are areas that we need improvement, negative reinforcement is what we often receive. Negative reinforcement is much more damaging, and it's geared towards nothing more than trying to be valuable as a human. No one wants to be worthless. I'm painting a very bleak picture but it's a reality for so many people. It is easy to see the need for encouragement in the world. It's easily recognizable as something that must happen in order for us to achieve our goals and to be better than we are. The problem is how exactly to achieve that hope that we need in order to become something of value because that's what it's, really all about, right? It's, it's discovering our worth. That's why we do all these things. So that we're not dragging down society because of our worthless actions. Encouragement has become about placating. Encouragement has become about ensuring that you feel good. It is become praise. Oh, you did such a good job. Wow, that's great. I did good, therefore I must be of value. That makes me feel the happiest, right? Half of the job is simply avoiding discouragement. Avoiding that feeling of inadequacy. Avoiding the feeling of being less than. Avoiding the sadness Avoiding depression. This is what the world would have us hold on to. When your value is assigned simply by what it is that you can do, what you can achieve, the mark that you can make, the contribution that you give to society. When your value is not set, when it is subject to change at any time. There's nothing to hold on to and nothing to anchor. So you need constant bolstering. So how do we bolster our spirits? Well, we give praise. Because it makes people feel good when they receive praise for things that they have done and then it shows them that they have value. Right? Not only do we give praise, we, we have great inspiring quotes. Jacqueline, if you please. I have put together a short list of some great, inspiring quotes that we can all benefit from. It was so difficult, too, I just had to say encouraging quotes. Positive, inspirational quotes. When it rains, all birds occupy the shelter, but the eagle avoids the rain by flying above the clouds. The problem is common to all, but attitude makes the difference. We can be better than we are if we just have the right attitude. Amen? Next slide. The secret of being happy is accepting where you are in life and making the most out of every day. Isn't that encouraging? (laughs) I am exactly where I need to be, and I need to deal with it. All right. I'm feeling so much better already. Next slide, please. Never regret. If it's good, it's wonderful. If it's bad, it's an experience. I hope you're feeling inspired today, because I know I am. And if not, it's an experience. Next one. When I do good, I feel good. And when I do bad, I feel bad. That's my religion. Thank you, President Abraham Lincoln. This makes my day. This lets me know that I have all the power. If I do good, then I will feel good. And if I don't, then I won't. I'm so inspired right now. Next slide, please. Dance like no one's watching. Sing like no one's listening. Love like you'll never get hurt, and live like it's heaven on earth. This is all there is, people. Relish every single moment of it, right? Yeah, she looks like she's really just standing there. All right. I don't remember how many more I have. How many more do I have? Am I done, or is there one more? No? Okay. Strength does not come from winning. Your struggles develop your strengths. And when you go through hardships and decide not to surrender, that is strength. So no matter what you do, the fact that you toil is what defines you. Thank you, Mr. Gandhi. Was there one more? Yes. Oh, you're my favorite. Now, I have to say that I... I would not feel right if I did not include everyone's favorite, hang in there. Right? Hang in there. This is so encouraging, people. Just hang in there. That's all we need to do. You never know. But I just have to hang in there. That's all that's important. Was that it, Jacqueline? Oh, oh. (laughs) True wealth is not a matter of bank accounts and assets. So it's okay that you're broke. It's in the values that we live and share as well as the people that we keep in touch with and care. Well, that's nice. It's about relationship. I feel better already. Okay. I feel good. That's enough, Jacqueline. Thank you very much. I think that we're all encouraged now. I think that we're all ready to face the world with a better outlook, that we'll all be happy no matter what. Because as Abraham Lincoln said, if I do good, I'll feel good. But if I do bad, I'll feel bad. These are the type of things that have substituted themselves for proper encouragement in life. These are the posters that you see in your workplace. These are, obviously, the slideshows that you can find in a moment's notice. There are tons of these. Because if I give you a quote or saying from a famous person, it will make you feel like you have more value. You'll be encouraged that though you have failed many times, one time you won't. Right. The only time that you fail is when you fail to try. That's another one that wasn't up there. Now, the Bible is not immune from being used in this vein. This happens on a regular basis. The one that just instantly pops to my mind, because I see it attributed, nobody knows that this is from the Bible, mind you, because they would have to read. But this one is actually posted at... uh, This one, uh, well, a variety of it, mind you. The word God is stripped out of it, but it's supposed to work. Romans 8.28. Right? And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Oh, it's so encouraging. And that's exactly... That that verse by itself, with no context, is exactly what it was meant to do: is make me feel good, right? Because now I know that no matter what I'm going through, no matter if uh, oh no matter if uh, oh goodness, if I got fired, no matter if I found myself homeless, or no matter if I I'm you know battling cancer or uh, I'm battling other illnesses like diabetes. I I don't have to worry about this because it'll all work together for the good. Uh, But when you're true to the context of this passage, we understand that, first of all, it deals with those who love God. It deals uh, with uh, those uh, that uh, recognize Christ as their Savior. So it's not for everyone. And secondly... The good that which Paul speaks of has nothing to do with your comfort and everything to do with our unity with Christ. So rather than the good meaning of flipping our circumstances from bad to good, it means that uh, God will be glorified. doesn't mean that we're, we're going to feel good. See, the the world teaches us that we are nothing more than an evolution of single-cell organisms that worked themselves up. And eventually, someday, uh, you know, it clicked, and we could suddenly think about things. And of course, since we could suddenly think about things, we thought about ourselves. And then we formed into societies, and we decided that in thinking about ourselves, we needed to figure out what our value was to society, what our value was to our families, because our value is found in the things that we do and the ways that we contribute. If we can't contribute properly, if we can't do things properly, we are worthless. And we didn't like that feeling of being worthless. We didn't like that feeling of not being valued. So we had to come along and we had to encourage ourselves. And we had to encourage each other. Now, science has proven that when people receive encouraging words, there's a chemical reaction that takes place in the brain. Everyone's favorite chemical, serotonin, comes forth. And it makes you feel a euphoria makes you feel good. You know what? I put in this much effort, and it was good enough. And because it was good enough, I feel good. Right, Abraham Lincoln? Because I did good, I feel good, therefore, I must be good. I must have value. Now, the workplace has reduced this to, oh, my gosh, it's Monday. Oh, don't worry, it's Wednesday, halfway there. I am so stoked. TGIF. Don't you feel encouraged, right, because it's a day of the week. Corporations have spent tons of money trying to get you to be more productive, and they understand that encouragement does that. Now, your coworkers may be satisfied with TGIF. But that's not enough. We talked about teachers. Now let's talk about bosses and managers. Bosses and managers want you to be more productive. It helps their bottom line. It doesn't help when you're, what's what's the stereotype of a government employee? I know because I am one. That's right. It doesn't matter, you just sit back and relax. You're with the government now, you don't got to worry about it. They'll never get rid of you. But even the government wants people to be productive, believe it or not. Every line of work that you go into, right? Because you're contributing to society. Society, pardon me. you're, You're contributing. You're you're being of value. Every type of employment that you take up, as you seek to find your value, wants the most value that you can give them for as little investment as it takes them. So they they seek to encourage you. There are five general ways that managers that are put in charge of you try to encourage you to do better than you currently are? I'm sorry. There are five ways that they specifically try to avoid when trying to encourage you. They try to avoid over setting too high of expectations or standards. So you find that standards are lower, expectations are lower. What's the the popular thing with sports uh, participation in in schools? No one gets a trophy. Everyone gets a certificate because you participated. That's an attempt to avoid that discouragement. Uh, The second thing that they try to avoid is focusing on the mistakes as a way of motivation oh, you know, it's great that you did this, but you messed up here, you messed up here, you messed up there, you messed up there. Now, it's kind of hard because they've set up for themselves a the standard, right? We get evaluations on a yearly basis that does nothing but point out the mistakes that you made. They try to avoid comparing you to any of your co-workers or if you're a student, any other student. We see... Uh, John over there has got straight A's. What's your problem? They tried to avoid making pessimistic interpretations. Well, I see that you finally succeeded to do that this one time. It'd be nice if that would happen again. And then, of course, when you just can't seem to do it right, they try to avoid dominating by being too helpful. That's called doing it themselves. Encouragers learn to focus on effort and improvement rather than perfect results. It's okay that you don't do things perfectly. I want to just encourage you to hang in there. Kitty hanging from a thread. Because you're doing good. Things will get better. You'll be better. Encouragement has become confused with complimenting, with empty praise. While praise can be part of encouragement, it doesn't cover the full meaning of the word. We often think of encouragement as saying nice things to others to make them feel good about themselves. So our encouragement, the world tells us, is all about feeling good, feeling valuable, finding worth, all under the guise of being better, improving, overcoming. It's a sad, sad state of affairs. This constantly needs to be reaffirmed over and over again to drive you forward, because you're always going to lose that feeling of being happy, of it being good enough. So you constantly have to be encouraged so that you feel that you're making progress. We as a society cannot deny the need for encouragement, but the platform and the purpose is give geared towards helping you to find value and nothing else. To get that momentary glimmer of happiness so that you feel good about yourself. It's all about the feels. So my question for you is, is that enough? Is there nothing more? Is it enough for you? to try to find or achieve your value in society, to feel better about yourself based on what you can contribute to society. Because that's what the world teaches us encouragement is needed for. So that we can be better contributors. And that's the long and short of it. So now we're going to take opportunity. I have a few questions to help spur some conversation in our cell group. So I would like you to uh, keep these in mind as we break up for cell groups. For a sermon about encouragement, it was kind of depressing. Number one, where do you find yourself feeling at a deficit? Right? Where do you find yourself feeling at a deficit? Number two, who has had an impact on your life because of their encouragement of you? So just take opportunity to, to share the how's, the why's and the who's. How is encouragement based on achieving happiness valuable? Do you participate in the TGIF mentality? And if so, what is it exactly you are looking forward to? And lastly, does this type of encouragement provide you any lasting effect? Please be honest with yourself and with others. Let's take opportunity to talk about it today.